Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all of them, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. My name is Karen Fabian, and this is Conversations for Yoga Teachers, episode 139. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me here today. Today is July 12th. 2021. I always like to start out with a date. If you're a longtime listener, you know that. And today is an interview episode. And I love these sorts of episodes because I get to find out about the guest along with you. Sometimes I do interview people that I have a longstanding relationship with, in which case I probably know more about them um, than you do. However, this particular episode, I'm really excited to share with you because it really came up spontaneously uh, in that Amber listened to the last episode of my podcast on teacher integrity. And she reached out to me and she shared a little bit about herself. And I was just so intrigued and so impressed and um, really just felt like it would be a really good match for uh, the listeners, for you, the listeners, and just a good match for the kinds of information I like to share uh, with you on my podcast here. And so now that I just completed that interview with Amber, I'm absolutely sure (laughs) that it's a great fit. And I'm really excited to to share this with you. So we're going to cut over to that episode in a minute. Uh, I want to just take a moment and I will do that in a second to introduce you to Amber because when we switch over to the interview, we'll just dive right in. Uh, I do wanna let you know today, as I said, is um, Monday, July 12th. And all this week I am uh, letting folks know that by Friday of this week, I'm actually going to shut down enrollment in one of my mini programs, which is called the Bare Bones Yoga Practice Portal. Now, this is something that I started during the pandemic, primarily for people who wanted uh, an opportunity to practice yoga. And they, of course, couldn't get into the studios or gyms because they were shut down. And then recently, I changed it to just a one-time investment of just $99. And I did that in large part because now people are back to going to classes. So I really just made it less of a monthly membership 
and more of just a one-time investment. And it's got almost a hundred sequences in there, as well as other things like guided meditations and specialty sequences and workshops I did and journal exercises and a research corner. So it's really a comprehensive tool. The other thing I do is I give it for free to any teacher who's enrolled in my signature program, the Blueprint Learning Program. And the teachers in that program are just loving having access to all these sequences. Recently, I heard from a teacher that she was spending so much time building sequences before class that she basically dropped one of the classes on her schedule because she just couldn't afford the time anymore. And it always breaks my heart when I hear that sort of thing, because no teacher should give up classes simply because they feel they don't have the time to prepare for them. So over the weekend, I did a workshop on how to build a yoga sequence. And I offered with the workshop content, my sequence building tool. And if you were there, fantastic. If you missed it and you wanna get the recording, let me know. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because the practice portal essentially is, like I just described, uh, just a place where you can access lots of sequences. So having it will cut back on the time you are spending creating yoga sequences. And listening and watching my workshop from this past weekend is going to give you a whole bunch of tips and tools that you can use as well. And the sequence building tool is another piece that will just pull it all together for you. So the bottom line is this, by this Friday, that's going to be the last date for some time in the future. I mean, maybe I'll relaunch it again, but I'm really going to be taking it down after Friday. So the deadline is this Friday to, uh, invest in the practice portal. It's a really low cost investment of $99. And the really cool thing is I am still going to be adding some content to it and you're not going to pay any more for it than the $99 that you will have invested. So to get to the practice portal offer page, you just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com. It's right there on the homepage. If you want the recording from this weekend's workshop, just send me a DM on Instagram and I will send it to you. The deadline for that is also Friday because on Friday, I'm taking down the portal. I'm taking down the workshop recording. So you've got to get on it before then. I'm recording this episode on Monday of this week. Uh, this episode will be live by the latest tomorrow morning, Tuesday. So hopefully you'll listen to it at some point before Friday and you'll be able to uh, get the program, get the portal before Friday, get the workshop recording before Friday as well. So now that I've updated you on that, I want to launch into just a quick intro of Amber Hagberg. So Amber is an international yoga teacher and she began her teaching uh, with um, studios based here in the United States. And she will describe to you, and you'll find out as you meet her on this episode, the uh, journey for her that brought her to Costa Rica and got her to the point where she was collaborating with another yoga teacher and offering teacher trainings, and then branched off on her own and was offering teacher trainings on her own. And then of course the pandemic hit and she pivoted to a certain extent to online program offers. And she'll tell you all about that. She's a very interesting, very grounded, very real uh, person. I found her energy to be very calming and I found uh, her to be a very, very insightful, uh, warm person. And I think that you'll really feel this vibe from her uh, when you listen to this episode. There's a lot that she brings up that 
she encounters as she works with teachers in her programs that um, I encounter as well when I work with teachers in my programs. And when I actually work with teachers before they enroll in the Blueprint Learning Program and they're running up against resistance around things like, I don't have the time, I don't have the money. So that particular part of the interview, I want you to take special note of because it's a chance for you um, to start to examine what kinds of beliefs do you have that are preventing you from really doing what you want to do, not just with your teaching, but in your life. Of course, the focus of this episode is teaching. However, sometimes we branch off into personal development topics. And um, I think the bottom line is, you know, in order for us, all of us as individuals to I hate to say live our best life because it sounds trite, but let's just even hone in on just the teaching part. In order for us as yoga teachers to be the best that we can be, it does involve investing in ourselves. It does involve making changes to how we are if those ways of being are preventing us from being the best we can be as a yoga teacher. And to sometimes get through those bumps in the road, we have to confront certain things about ourselves that maybe we don't want to, or we have to take risks, or we have to decide that we're going to do something without knowing for sure how it's going to turn out, or we have to decide that it's worth it to invest in ourselves to spend money on a program um, if we believe it's the stepping stone to better teaching for us, to more confidence, uh, to more impact, to being able to help more people. So I really loved that we had an opportunity to get into that. And this of course all came up spontaneously in our conversation. I did not prep for this beyond reading up on Amber's background. I really wanted to leave the conversation to one that spontaneously came up just as if you were to have met her as well uh, and had a conversation with her. I find that Doing it in that way makes it a very real experience uh, for you, the listener, as you absorb the information and listen. So make a cup of tea. Maybe you're on a walk with your dog. Maybe you're on a run. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm running. Wherever you are right now, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And let's transition to that episode for you right now. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. I am so excited for this episode today um, it, for a lot of reasons. It, most of all, it's a spontaneous kind of opportunity for me to meet someone new. And the really cool thing about it is as you all are listening and meeting her, I'm going to be doing the same thing. So we were actually doing a little chit chat beforehand and before I started this recording and uh, I stopped because I said, you know what I want? all of the revelations to come to me just as they're coming in, coming to the listeners as well. So for those of you um, uh, listening now, I want to introduce to you Amber Hagberg. And Amber is coming to us from a very exotic location. She's one of our exotic podcast guests coming to us from Costa Rica. So I want to welcome Amber to Conversations for Yoga Teachers, the podcast. Mm, thank you so much for having me, Karen. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. So, um, so why don't you start out by just giving us a little bit of info about what you do? 
Yeah, so I am living here in Costa Rica. Before COVID happened, I was leading yoga retreats and teacher trainings. Mm -hmm. And as that came to a halt, I dove into the online world and started coaching women on how to live a yogic lifestyle. So ways in which they could take things that they learned on the yoga mat, strength, flexibility, endurance, peace, and begin to weave that into their daily life through the practices of yoga and yoga philosophy. Hmm. Now you, I want to, I'm just curious, and I guess we can kind of see how much time we want to spend on the before and now, but I'm really curious about how um, things shifted for you when the pandemic was kind of in full swing, given that it sounded like a lot of what you were doing obviously was in-person type, type formatting with people. Yeah, so when um, the first like global lockdown happened, I was actually in India getting ready to lead a 200-hour yoga teacher training, um, and Costa Rica closed its borders, so I got stuck in India for seven months. Oh and my god! Okay. <laughs> it really was like everything came to a halt, and I was in India for seven months. And so what happened was I haven't been in person with my yogis since January of 2020. And next week I'm kicking off my first yoga retreat since. So things really changed from teaching in like group settings, workshop settings to online Zoom calls and coaching practices. Got it, got it. Now, um, where are you from originally? Um, I was born and raised in Iowa. Okay, and you were, Okay, so you were born and raised in Iowa. So fill in a little bit more there. How did you how did you find yoga as a vocation? Mm. Yeah, so basically at age 17, my dad died of cancer and um, he had been struggling for about six years. I went through just a really hard grieving time and a friend introduced me to yoga and it was the first place that I really felt like I could be. Um, from there, I dropped out of college and decided to study yoga in Colorado. So I sold everything I had and I moved across the country and started to study what it meant to be a teacher. It was something where yoga really saved me in a really dark time. It helped me to find myself. And from that space, I was like, okay, I want to give back to yoga what yoga has given to me. And so I was inspiring to become a teacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And did you start teaching out in Colorado when you were done with your training? Yeah, I, I started teaching 16 yoga classes a week, all different kinds of yoga. Wow, okay, and then what happened? Um, I had a boyfriend that was like, hey, let's go, let's go to um, Costa Rica for your birthday. He knew I loved practicing handstands. He's like, you can do handstands on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and I made it to Costa Rica and I was like, when I was leaving the first time, I just was like, I feel like I'm leaving my heart chakra here. Like, I feel like I'm leaving something behind. And um, after that trip, we spent four years working and saving to pick up and move here. Wow. So, it, so something about the area really spoke to you. Yeah. You know, I think that it's just a place of really deep connection to nature um, the lifestyle was much slower and more like holistic than living in the States. It was very simple. And I had found a deep love for surfing. So I was like, oh, I want to go teach yoga on the beach and learn how to surf. Sounds great. And, you know, I can even hear 
something in the background like birds or <laughs> something uh -huh. tropical like. Yeah, always when people are like, hey, can you turn that sound down? I'm like, no, that's the jungle. I don't have a switch for that. <laughs> all right. Um, so, all right. So you're, you're in Colorado, you move to Costa Rica, you start this kind of new process of living there. And at that point, were you running trainings there as well? No, when I first moved here, I started with retreats. Okay. Um, and then I was teaching also at the local yoga studio. Um, from there, there was teachers coming in from like Bali and Australia and they were leading yoga teacher trainings. And I was emailing them before they came like, hey, can I assist you in your trainings? Um, and it kind of just got me in the door to seeing what it was like to run teacher trainings. And then there was a woman here who ran teacher trainings like very often. And I reached out to her and started working for her full time. Got it. And so, um, so at some point, did you branch off from, from her and do your own thing? Were you running kind of a, a collaborative program with her until some, some other point? Yeah, so actually in January of 2020, I had decided to shift gears and start running my own trainings, which is what led me to Australia and, and Bali and um, India. So January was my last teacher training working with her. I created my own 200 hour and I had just started to um, take up my own trainings and then right. it happened. So wow. now I'm doing retreats and I'm hoping that by next year I can get out a 200 hour here on my own. Got it. So um, tell us a little bit about kind of your way of teaching, your style of teaching, like what someone would experience if they come to your class, I guess. Yeah, so I am very Anyasara, or you can call it alignment-based, since Anyasara really doesn't exist anymore, but I'm about stacking joints because it's not always exact when we're cueing, right? Because my shoulders are different than yours. My hips are different than yours. So, but we can all find those stacking of the joints. Um, so I'm really very much into alignment as well as weaving into a philosophy theme so that it's more than an exercise. I'll always bring a theme into the beginning, weave it in through the cueing and the postures and then the end. So that when you leave, you have something to contemplate. And that's really where I began to cultivate yoga as a lifestyle is yoga is more than exercise. So when you come onto the mat, yes, it's the physical, but giving you something to think about, to ponder about and bring that with you when you leave the class. Got it. Got it. And so it's funny when you said Anyasara, I, I don't think I've heard, uh, I, I haven't heard that word in years, but I remember Many years ago, I, I worked closely with a teacher who was very much trained in that style. And um, yeah, that's just that kind of brought back a memory. But yes, and I remember <clears throat> very alignment based for sure. Um, and so, okay. And so now with the teachers that you train in your 200 hour, tell us a little bit about that program. What kinds of things? I mean, I know there's somewhat a format that Yoga Alliance prescribes for teacher trainings, but you know, give us a sense of kind of how those trainings go. Yeah, so it's a full on three week immersion. You start the day at 6 a.m. and you end the, the day at 5 p.m. Um, what's really great about doing them in Costa Rica is we go to permaculture farms and you get to walk around the organic farming. We go to waterfalls, we go to the beach um, to find the balance between all the study. You know, when you come to a 200 hour yoga teacher training, you do alignment, how to teach, 
ways in which you can you know, give back to your students um, different types of yoga and the styles of teaching that there are. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of like mind stuff, a lot of the masculine. And so we get to take it to you know, the nature to find that balance outside of the thinking where you can just be. But it's a full on immersion where from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. you're studying and learning. And, you know, I always say a 200 hour is here's an abundance of information. But what really happens is what you do when you go home and where you continue to study, because there's so many different directions that we can take yoga. And, you know, when you're going through the practice and when you're going through the different teachings and styles, you get to make up your own style and teaching by what you do with the, the information that you learn, turn it from like information to more knowledge-based wisdom from your own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, it's interesting when you talk about the format of your training and, you know, I love the fact that it is a three week self-contained process. I think, um, while it's convenient. And I love also that people can take teacher training virtually and even in person now, again, um, in, in a format that's at night and weekends, you know, kind of over a six or seven month time frame, which, you know, in my memory really only started more recently prior to that, really that, I mean, that's certainly how I was trained. I went away for a couple of weeks. And then when I got advanced training, I did the same thing. So you really get sort of cut off from your day to day. I mean, you do get cut off from your day to day life. And um, I always really thought that that facilitated the learning process so much better. Um, Although I do respect that, you know, sometimes it's impossible for people to do that. So thank goodness we have formats that allow people to keep the daily flow of their life going and squeeze in the training. But I can imagine like you're talking about this idea of learning, 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 and then going out and swimming and going out and being in the waterfalls and going to the farm. Like that must be another opportunity for people to learn and grow in a different way. What kinds of things, you know, experience wise have people shared with you about, you know, their overall experience in the trainings? Yeah, I think what you just said is really um, a key factor to it is they didn't have to think about work, like work, their family or their children or their to-do list. And they really felt like, okay, I I got to soak up this experience and be in this place where I, I could go all in. And of course, like that's not always an option. And I did mine exactly how you mentioned it in the evenings and on the weekends. And I got everything that I needed. So there's so many options to suit all of our needs. But what really comes here is that you get the immersion to just be the student. And I think as far as being a teacher, the number one thing to be a teacher is to be a student. So the immersion fact for the students, they're like, I really felt like I was able to soak it all up and have this, what we call in Costa Rica, Puerto Vida, pure life, this experience of just being here, being mm-hmm. present and learning, but also the, the side to be able to experience Costa Rica and its beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that we can learn from nature and how it's so much yoga when we look at the way in which the waterfalls are, the way in which the jungle is, the farm is, we get to see yoga in action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so do you miss living in the States? I mean, you grew up in farm country, right? Iowa. 
I don't miss it at all. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Um, here, I almost never wear shoes. And I feel so free being here and being surrounded. When I go back there, I, I feel kind of stuck, you know, yeah. like less air. And of course, there's different places. But where I lived was just a really busy place with lots of cars and lots of businesses. And here, it's just, it's so simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, I... I enjoy going back to the States and getting the little things that um, I missed when I was there, um, when I'm here, the things that I missed from there, the little, you know, memories that you have. But like, when I think about missing or wanting to be there, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I, when we connected, I took a look over at your Instagram and I was really struck by kind of just this like person positivity vibe that like, that was my impression of it as I kind of scrolled through it. And when you were just describing um, your online program and kind of the focus of that, you know, it kind of jived with the perception I got. And that it's always interesting, you know, I think for, you know, for anyone to kind of you know, you're putting yourself out there on social media and you're wondering like, what is the perception that people are getting? And does it jive with things I'm offering in person, online, things like that? Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, maybe even just the online program, but kind of even from a higher, higher level perspective, what are some of the things that you want to share with people that kind of falls into that genre, that person positivity. I mean, if I'm, if I'm on target and describing it that way, maybe you can tell, tell us what you think. Mm, I love it that it's positive and it resembles that. But I think for me, it's one of the things is like the power of our minds and what we think and what we think becomes what we say and what we say becomes what we do. And I like mm. to think about the program is like, is your values, what you believe in, in alignment with your actions and what you're doing? And how can we start to use like journaling, meditation, breathing, the practice of yoga to make sure that what we're doing is in alignment with what we believe. And if mm. it's not like, where can we have that shift? Because what I find is like, especially when I've been working with women is like the ability to hold boundaries and, and put ourselves first and have morning rituals and, and take time out and not feel guilty. Like we should be working or we should be doing something more. And so really getting us in alignment with what we believe um, and that our beliefs come in alignment with what we do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I have a thought in my mind that you know, I hear what you're saying about this idea that, you know, and, and I, I suppose it is, you know, when you say it's kind of something that women deal with, I guess on some level men deal with it too. Although I, I think to some degree, women kind of bear a lot of the responsibility, especially if they have children and managing the house. And so I think in my experience in working with women who are in that situation, it does become a challenge for them to take time for themselves because they've got this, you know, other, these other responsibilities. I guess my question is, especially for people listening who it real it really kind of hits home for them, what you're saying, can you share anything maybe that you do share with people when they are in your program or in your training around techniques for putting themselves first? around fitting in these journaling and meditation and yoga practice? Like how can people do that when they have all these competing 
responsibilities. Mm, yeah. And uh, because of that, I created what I call give yourself the gift of 10. So every single morning, prioritize starting your day with 10 minutes for yourself. So that means not checking your phone, social media, or work, keeping the phone off and either grabbing your journal, writing down your thoughts, um, focusing on your breath or moving your body. Um, we all have 10 minutes. It's just a matter of where we're choosing to put that time. And I always say 10 minutes because if I was like, hey, let's do this for an hour, people would be like, I don't have an hour. Not. So I always say like, let's do bite-sized pieces and then we can add and grow from there. Because once you start to see the benefits, you're like, okay, yeah, I can actually do more time. But at first we think it's impossible or the mind will try to tell us all the reasons why we shouldn't. And especially like those of us that have ever started a meditation practice in right. the beginning, it's like, I can't meditate. I can't sit still not doing this. Um, and over time, we start to realize it's just another way in which we train. Right, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think exactly what you said, it reminds me of the idea of momentum. Once you do the 10 minutes for, I don't know, even two weeks, you'll get the momentum and the positive uh, feedback, kind of internal positive loop that you're doing it. And you're right, people will then tend to maybe tack on five minutes and an extra five minutes, and maybe they'll end up at 30 minutes or something after about, you know, a month or so. Um, so tell us about your online program. How did, did that come to be, you said, because of the pandemic or how did, how did that get created? Yeah, so many of the people, the women, men, both came to the trainings. When they were coming, some of them didn't want to be teachers. They just wanted to deepen their practice. And so I thought that there was this missing, missing piece for those of us that wanted to deepen our understanding of yoga and the practice of yoga, but maybe weren't quite set out to become teachers. Um, and basically what I did is I took apart the 200 hour and it's like, here's how to be a student. Um, what are the yamas and niyamas? How, what are breathing exercises I can do to help me sleep? What are breathing exercises I can do to build confidence? What other styles of yoga? How do I create my own yoga practice so that I don't have to go to a training? I don't have to um, go to a yoga class or follow a YouTube. How can I have my own personal practice? So basically what I did was put together a program where you can develop your own personal practice, um, which is giving yourself 10 minutes and then letting that grow over time. Um, through the yamas and niyamas. So it's something that you can practice on the mat, these philosophy theories, and then also practice them in your life to deepen your intimacy within relationship, relationship to yourself and relationship to others around you. Mm -hmm. So the online program is, is a practice focused program versus like a teacher training program. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. And what's it called? Uh, the Live Your Yoga Mentorship. Okay. Got it. Oh, right. That's what I saw on one of the, okay. Got it. So is that a one-on-one -on -one thing or is it something that you do in a group situation? Um, it's group um, as well as the option to do one-on-one. -on -one. So a handful of the women are in it group, but they're also then working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Got it. Okay. Um, do you have like maybe, especially for that program, which is a little bit unique. I mean, certainly the concept of 200 hour teacher trainings is familiar to all of my listeners um, and, and kind of out there as a, as a opportunity for people who want to teach or even maybe who want to deepen their practice. But I hear what you're saying that 
it really is that process really is geared to train people to teach and you know it sounds like what you're offering is a little bit more tailored as you said to people who don't necessarily want to teach but want to use yoga as a tool for overall health and wellness um i'm curious do you have i mean obviously without sharing any personal details but kind of like a example or a profile of like some the kinds of people who are enrolling in that like what are they coming to you saying they want to achieve or learn yeah so a lot of them will be my students from 200 hour that want to continue studying um other other of them are like i've always wanted to have a consistent yoga practice meditation practice i'm a yoga teacher but i don't have my own practice how do i stay consistent and it's the accountability the container of coming together and having those group calls every week and then the on demand where they can go and practice and have their own exploration i also um, wrote a journal so it's the my living yoga journal which is an outline of keeping you consistent in your practice so a lot of them are wanting accountability and then many of the women were like, you know, I'm stressed out. I want to put myself first. I just don't know how. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, come, let me show you ways in which you can in just small bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. And how long are people in this mentorship? We start at 90 days and then the option is to go deeper for another 90 days. Okay. And when they're in that 90 day first piece, are they like, are they meeting with you on some regular basis? Are they practicing with you? Are they practicing on their own? What does that look like? So there's like an on-demand for the 12 weeks that we work together where you get seven to 10 videos every single week. And then we also get on two group calls every Monday and every Thursday in the evening. Got it. And what kinds of things do you guys go over in those calls? And that's group you said. Yeah, and that's group. What we go over is we'll have new moon or full moon ceremonies if it lands on that day. Uh, we'll do guided meditations, open circle of like what's happening, sharing things that we're proud of, sharing some struggles that we're going through, um, what what module you're in, what philosophy theme is happening. And one one awesome thing that happens is when they're going through the different modules and there's a theme that theme really starts to become present and alive in their life because it's their focus. You know, they're bringing their mind's attention into this and they're really starting to see like ways that shows up. And then when we get to share it, other women learn from other people's experience or then they can relate and understand because they were there before. Right, right. So you had said some of the teachers in your 200 hour training enroll in the mentorship is that always the case or how do people find you? Like, how do you find that people find you for either the 200 hour or the mentorship if they're not, well, just in general? Yeah, so like I stay connected with as many students as I can. And that's one thing that doing Costa Rica retreats, I was getting a lot of new students, 100 students every year, but we didn't have the community to stay together. So it was like, I met you, you were here, and then maybe we connected again on Instagram. But I wanted to continue to build that relationship with my students, which is what really inspired me to take it online. And so those students that I really stayed connected to that wanted to continue learning would reach out, you know, because I'm marketing on Facebook and Instagram and through email, which is how other people will find me is just through, you know, staying connected on social media, whether it be an old friend, someone I grew up with, um, yeah. someone that I like worked with or someone that's recommended. 
Mm -hmm. So what do you kind of see like now? I mean, now it's kind of exciting because you're getting back to doing live trainings after this hiatus because of the pandemic. What do you kind of see going forward for yourself and, and what you're offering? Where, where do you see things going from here? Mm, yeah, well, you know, I want to continue with the online mentorship mm-hmm. as at the same time, really do want to bring more people here to Costa Rica to be in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, we can really go deeper when we're together. So mm-hmm. my idea is to keep that platform where we can continue to grow online. I have many students that are like, okay, Amber, what's next? So I need to begin to create what's next for those that are not going to make it here in Costa Rica for a retreat or a 200 hour, but to think about the next program because they're, they're hungry for more, you know, they're asking, you know, what, what, what do we do next? And so I need to start to create that. But at the same time, I do want to start to focus more on retreats and teacher trainings here in Costa Rica as well. Mm -hmm. Now, do you um, run all of this that you're describing by yourself? Do you have a team of people that helps you? What does that look like? So right now I'm doing podcasting. I just started. Um, I have a podcast team, as, as we were talking about before. Um, I have a virtual assistant that just helps me, you know, in, in little pl- spaces and places. Yeah. Uh, and then everything else I'm running on my own. When I go to do the yoga teacher training, I intend to have another teacher or two there with me um, just because we have so many different things to share individually. And so I think that mm-hmm. can be a well-rounded um, teacher training. But at this point, yeah, it's just me and a little bit of back teaming. Right, right. So I always like to ask people this just to kind of get a sense of like how all these, you know, we're talking about all these different pieces. Um, I think, you know, this question will be even more interesting to hear about from you because you live in a interesting place. Tell us a little bit about what your days are like. Like, what does it look like for you as you're, you know, going about even like a week, what does that look like? Mm. Yeah. So there is farmer's market days where we go and get our groceries. Um, you know, I wake up every morning just before 5am with the birds and the insects that you can hear now, um, the light comes and it wakes me. So I'll wake up, meditate, yoga, go for a walk, some sort of connection for the first hour or two. Um, I'll work on my computer for a little bit and then either go surfing or do yoga um, mm. work on my computer a little bit more. And then in the evenings, spend with, with my partner or go see a friend. And that's pretty much very simple. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of like going out. There's not like hangout places or cafes or that sort of thing. But I do try to, you know, go to a waterfall once a week. I try to surf every single day and Um, I make my friends a priority. So seeing I have a handful of just really close friends that make it a priority that we get together once or twice a week and kind of just mastermind, talk about what's alive, what we're working through, what our goals are. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important to have, you know, a network of people. I mean, obviously in person is the best, but even virtual that you can kind of do that brainstorming with. And I, I feel like for yoga teachers in particular, it's something that's missing for them. Oftentimes, even before COVID, there was always that kind of passing ships in the night, 
you would be going into teacher class, someone would be leaving, and there weren't always opportunities for teachers to do that. Um, are these other folks that you connect with? Are they yoga teachers, or they're just in uh, they're just in other areas of work? So they're either yoga teachers or surf girls. Oh, I, cool. I so they are yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm sure in Costa Rica, there's probably a number of people who are teaching and a number of locations. I just know from kind of the landscape of where to go to host a retreat type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's so important to have those connections where you can brainstorm because, you know, I think left to our own devices, a lot of the teachers I talk to, they feel this compulsion to do things a certain way because they're assuming that's the way it has to be done. And sometimes when you talk to other teachers and you have somebody else saying like, oh no, you could totally do it that way. Or how do you want to do it? Or what are you really inspired to do? You kind of get that, the teacher will get that support and, and start to really peel back. Like, why do I feel like I have to do it this way? You know, well, I was trained to do it that way. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't change it, right? And make it your own. So um, that that interaction, uh, I'm guessing, must be a really helpful thing for you. Yeah. And, you know, I love it because we're always asking each other questions and giving mm. up things to contemplate on or, yeah, diving into those core beliefs. And I think it's great to have that support. And yeah, online is just as special. I have groups virtually, you know, that I get together with every once or two weeks yoga teachers to kind of just brainstorm, what are you doing? What's happening now? What's working? And I think right. it's really important um, to go through those, those questions with other people that we can relate to. Right. You know, as I was listening to you talk about, you know, the, the teachers that you work with in either your teacher trainings, your regular teacher trainings, or the mentorship, you know, and just this idea of like, teachers being hung, you were saying being hungry for more information and like, what's the next step? You know, when I hear that kind of thing, what strikes me is that that kind of person is highly motivated and very engaged in the process of learning and makes it a priority. Um, I also, you know, even when I hear you describe your day, that sounds like a very balanced day. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be like, holy cow, I'm going to the grocery store. I have kids. I'm doing the laundry. Like there's absolutely no way I can ever envision, or even a lot of entrepreneurs listening to, to you might be like, oh my God, I'm at my computer all day. And I'm you know, working with my virtual assistant as well as doing things on my own. Um, and so I guess one of the things I'd be curious about is just hearing from you a little bit around how do you find people make, um, I don't want to necessarily say make learning a priority, but it's bigger than learning, right? It's, it's this idea of working toward, I mean, I guess a simple way to describe it is working towards your goals. You know, it kind of starts with having goals. It kind of starts with having, even before having goals, having a vision, you know, even before that, it's like, what is your Dharma? You know, it's like, what are you on this planet to do? Like if you reverse engineer it, you kind of end up with that core thing that you want to do. And then I know so many times you can have that, but then life is kind of happening along the way. 
And so you get these opportunities and then it's like, oh, I can't, I don't have time. You know, I don't, I just don't have the time to do it. So maybe you hear these kinds of things from your folks. Maybe somehow you're just kind of capturing this niche group of people who are just like super duper motivated. I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit about anything that came to you as I was describing that. Yeah. I think it's a mix, you know, there are people that come to me and they are hungry for more. And there's others that are like, I need help. How do I get out of that? Um, I need to do something, but I'm not doing anything at all. And I think that for me, with what you were saying and describing is like, I got here because I used to 16 yoga classes a week and two full-time jobs. I know what it's like to live an unbalanced life and go, 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 do, do, do. Um, and I also seen how that gave me like, yeah, I was doing things I loved, but I was tired. I was exhausted and I was missing that sense of like drive. And then I started to realize like, oh, I can't last this forever. This isn't sustainable. How do I find the balance? And so that became, you know, a part of my mission is like, it's one thing, you know, to teach and be passionate about it. But when we start to teach and it's just teaching, we lose that inspiration for why we began sharing it in the first place. And so when we lose that sense of like passion and drive and inspiration for our life, it's like, that's when we can go back into growing, to learning, to rediscovering, like, what am I meant to do? What is missing here? What are my goals? So that you do have that drive and inspiration to wake up every day and start to take action. Hmm. Do you find though that people, I, I guess, what are some of the obstacles that pe that you find in working with people? What are some of the obstacles that they come up against that even though they might intellectually, like even what you describe, you know, maybe not to the same literal degree, but I'm sure there are listeners who are in scenarios that they know are not this is not a healthy lifestyle for me, or I really want to learn more about X, Y, and Z to improve my teaching, to have more joy in my teaching, to get where I want to go and, and really leverage the skill I have maybe to start a business or to start a side hustle or whatever it is. But there's something in the way for them. You know, I, I remember hearing this, this kind of like folklore, not a metaphor, but kind of a story about a dog that's on a nail and somebody happens upon the dog and, and says to the old man, like, why doesn't your dog move off the nail? He's obviously whining and he's in pain. And the guy says, well, he's just not in pain enough to move. And as a dog lover, I hate that story. And I've heard it multiple times uh, over the years, but I think it really aptly describes you know, the pickle sometimes people get themselves into, they know that they're in a scenario that's not good for them. However, or, and I don't even want to make it sound like abuse or trauma, something like that, although it could be, but they know that something needs to change and they know intellectually that they want to make a change. However, there's something like if they're here now and they want to be here, there's something in the middle that's a block for them. Do you ever encounter that in talking to people in your program that you could start to kind of name some of the things that you've seen be blocks for people? 
Yeah. I think that like, for example, some people, if, it, if it's not like painful enough, they'll just sit in this space of not good because they don't have enough drive to get out of the pain. Um, oftentimes when that happens, it ends up into disease, cancer, sickness, illness, or injury. Um, and then you have no choice, but to go the other direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me personally, I watched my dad do it. And that was my drive that I was like, oh, I can't. And so everyone's okay, this hurts too much. I'm going to get uncomfortable and see what, but I think it's fear of the unknown. It's yeah. comfortable to be where you are, even though it doesn't feel good. But trying something new, it's like, that's scary because we don't know what's going to happen. And mm -hmm. so we stay where we are because mm -hmm. the fear of what could come mm -hmm. is more daunting. But when you get to that place where the fear is so much, you'll take an action no matter what the cost, no matter what happens, whether you succeed or not, because being here isn't working. But you have to hit that threshold. Otherwise, fear can keep you stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it's kind of like, fear is really in this scenario that you're describing if this is the issue for for someone fear is really what's underneath it but there's the objection that like i don't have time i don't have the money i don't have this i don't have that you know but underneath that is really what the issue is it's like the belief is is underneath the objection the objection is just like the surfacey thing um so yeah i i can totally um I can relate to that, you know, even on a personal level before I pushed myself through several, you know, walls that I had put up where I used a lot of the excuses, but I really, in working with a neuroscience coach actually got to what were the beliefs underneath the objections. And that was what really, for me personally, got me to move through. Um, when you work with people, you know, how, how do you help them through this? process? How do you help them uncover kind of what is at the root of it? I think it's a lot of the mindset stuff. Yeah. And so when we come into different philosophy themes through the yamas or the niyamas, um, and you're starting to contemplate dif different themes, you start to remember different things. Mm. Like, oh, one of my students came and was like, oh, the reason I wasn't getting on my yoga mat, even though I know it makes me feel better, is I discovered once I finally got on my yoga mat, I was afraid to see how out of shape I got. I was afraid to see that I was so much farther along in the past and look where I am now, that mm. my ego was keeping me from just showing up and starting. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very, I mean, that kind of self-awareness is super high level. I mean, for someone to actually assess themselves and come up with that is, is pretty fantastic. <laughs> and certainly not something that I think is typical, but that's, you know, in a lot of cases, that's really where, where things are at. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, I guess at this point, I'd love to, you know, for people listening who are thinking like, wow, this program sounds so amazing, or, you know, just why don't you give us some information about how listeners can find you and find more out, find out more about both your 200 hour and your online mentorship. Why don't you share that? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Amber Hagberg, or you can you know, head over. I have a podcast as well, Yoga Off the Mat with Amber Hagberg. 
and um, my private Facebook group, which is the Live Your Yoga Community. So you can reach out to me on, on any of those outlets and um, dive into the retreat coming up in December or the mentorship when um, enrollment opens. Um, otherwise, just stay connected on Instagram. I'm always sharing tips and tricks there on yeah. how to you know, be, in, be in your body and in your life present on and off the mat. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I think a nice place to kind of put a bow on this whole conversation is, you know, especially because we've talked about it throughout this conversation, are there a couple of tips that you want to share with people just general, not necessarily teacher related, just general kind of wellness, body, mind, and soul that you want to share with folks to leave them with? Yeah. One thing is when you, I love the 10 minute thing that will definitely take away from, from this and other things. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, just ask yourself, what do I need today? Mm. And make sure that in that first 10 minutes, you give yourself whatever it is you need. And that, that what you need is going to change. It's like, and then throughout the day, how, how can I love myself? How can I be present with myself? And the more that you practice just coming back to checking in with you, what do I need right now? How can I show up for myself? Where can I be? That awareness, that presence gives you the ability to take back your power. Because if you're not aware, if you're not present, you can't change it. So just yeah. doing more to be present, whether you're on the yoga mat or you know with your children or driving in the car, we're so good at multitasking. But when we're walking and we're listening to a podcast, we're not with nature. Um, when we're watching TV and we're doing laundry, we're not actually with the laundry. So trying to do one thing at a time and be more present with whatever it is that you're doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly say in my, even though obviously we're not in the same room, we're virtual. I, you know, if I had to do kind of a, and I don't do energetic readings, but if I was to do an energetic reading, I really get such a calm vibe from you. You know, even just in talking to you, I feel my own nervous system, like relaxing. Like I can totally sense that you have completely kind of transformed because of how you are, who you are, the environment you're in. I'm sure that's a huge part of it. Um, I think, you know, we've all kind of experienced that going on vacation to a beautiful place and that feeling of being really connected to nature and how that's so healthy. And I can, I can see and feel even through the airwaves here that that has really become part of your DNA. Um, and, and it's, it's really, it's a, it's a wonderful kind of aura to be around. So <laughs> I just wanted to kind of give you that feedback and I don't know if you're aware of it, but I, I think that that's probably um, something that uh, comes from just, just getting that, you know, overdose in a good way uh, of all of the positive vibes of being out in nature all the time and being somewhat, I mean, yes, you're connected, but it sounds like there's more balance than I think, you know, might be somewhat typical for folks. Mm, yeah, thanks for saying that because one thing that I wanted to do like with yoga teacher trainings and retreats and the mentorship is like, yes, we get so much from being in Costa Rica and being in this moment, but um, in this environment, but how can we take that and embody it? So it's yeah. not just like, oh, I'm going to escape from my life and go to yoga. I'm right. going to escape and go on vacation, but how can we take that moment of peace or connection that we experience in teacher training, listening to a really great podcast and become more of the embodiment of it. 
And I right. think that, you know, that is just another practice, but oh, yeah, for sure. um, and I do think that environment matters so much. It, it really, it really does. Yeah. I mean, and that points back to like one of the classic texts, wherever you go, there you are by John Kabat-Zinn. I mean, it can work both ways, right? You can go to Costa Rica and have unresolved stuff and be miserable in Costa Rica, despite nature or, you know, so it's not just the environment. I feel like it's a blend, but um, I, I hear what you're saying. There are things that we can learn that are portable that can allow us to have, it sounds like what you're saying is some of these benefits, even when we can't <laughs> be living with the monkeys and the birds and the and the trees and all of that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely suits you and it seems like you've really taken to it. So that is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really nice uh, for me uh, as well. I'm sure as the listeners, I've really enjoyed, like I said, kind of learning about you in real time here, uh, along with the folks that are listening. So thank you so much for joining me today. And, um, and, you know, I, I just, I hope people reach out to you and connect with you because it sounds like you have a, a lot of really good, valuable information and training to share. Yeah. Thanks Karen for having me. And, you know, as someone that just started my podcast, I'm excited to have you on to be one of my first interviewers. So I would be so happy. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So we can talk about setting that up. All right. Awesome. So this will go up tonight because we work fast over here. So I will send you the link within the next like 24 hours at the most. Wow. Cool. All right. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Karen. And I'll send you a message for when I get to Colorado and we can do another interview together. Awesome. All right. Take care. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my Mentorship Program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.